Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Down the bitch gang. Yay. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard. Couple scars. Wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power to have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Five on the Floor Live. I am your host, Greg Sylvander. Tonight's floor plan with me, we have Alex Toledo. You can follow him on Twitter at Tropical Blanket. Uh, Brady Hawk's going to sneak in here at some point as well. Uh, we are going to dissect the 123-115 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks that the Miami Heat just undertook out in Milwaukee. Um, it was kind of end-to-end, a game that Miami didn't necessarily have a ton of control of, and we're going to talk about that game specifically. Brady Hawk has now joined us. Follow him on Twitter at BradyHawk305. Before we dive into this specific matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks that did not go as we would have liked it to, I want to shout out one of our sponsors, particularly that of the post-game show, and that is A Aggressive Insurance. They are the insurance broker agency for you. They've been servicing South Florida for over 15 years. Lynette and staff offer auto insurance, homeowners, condo, life insurance, retirement programs, free notary service to all clients. They represent the elite leading insurance carriers throughout South Florida. If you have a bad driving record, no problem. No driver is refused. Free phone quotes. You know what you got going in. Go to insurancebylynette.com. That's with two N's and two T's, insurancebylynette.com. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, probably the comments of this program right now, now 954-581-8800. That's A Aggressive Insurance. Uh, shout out to her for uh, being loyal to this show, um, even during tough losses like tonight. Gentlemen, I don't really know what the hell to say. 123-115, um, Milwaukee did the things that Milwaukee does. Giannis was good. Um, I felt like... Jimmy looked okay. I mean, Jimmy looked good. Tyler looked good for the most part. Still, I'm not loving the inefficient shooting. Um, I'm interested for for you guys to kind of dive into the uh, the why and how here because this was a game we got to see the Heat without Kyle Lowry. Gabe Vincent started, played 34 minutes. So this was an uh, interesting game in that we got to see how they would operate without Kyle Lowry in a lineup. Uh, Brady, since you get your uh, takeaways up so quickly at FiveReasonSports.com, check those out. There's no paywall. What was the first thing that jumped out at you about this game, particularly in a loss on the road? Well, the first thing I think we have to talk about is the, the size differential, and I know everybody harps on that. And it kind of balances game talk and trade talk, which is obviously the hot thing right now. Uh, but when you look at the matchup with this specific team, first of all, if you just looked at the – the height differential on a on a box score stat sheet 
you know, in a, in next to their, their player profile, it's not normal that Caleb is having to do this. Like we always talk about him like fighting and he had a, you know, he had a tough turnover late, but he played pretty well in this game. And it's like the role he's in is tough. Like, especially against this matchup where you, there's no counter in the league to Giannis. Like there's just nothing you can do when he gets the ball and he's rolling downhill, but it's tougher when you're, <laughs> when you're basically Alex was pointing it out and off the floor and I'm sure he'll get into it. But like the way that they were really like pulling Bam away constantly from Giannis on those drives. And then you're leaving guys like Caleb to just basically deal with it. So the early paint points uh, and rim attempts stuck out to me is just the fact they were able to do that. Uh, I thought Jimmy was really good. I thought Tyler was really good in that first half. Like you said, the inefficiency stuff keeps coming along here. But I thought it, the way he was picking his spots was really good. Uh, but you got a really good Jimmy Butler game. And it feels like to kind of tie it all together in terms of what I said, trade talk and, and game talk, it's like your your best players were your best players tonight, it felt like. Where just I know you're shorthanded, and, but shorthanded meaning you still have your best players out there. Uh, that it's just tough that to overlook that part. Like that you just look at your rest of this – when you're shooting, uh, you know, making one of every four threes that you're shooting, it's just, it's tough to win these games. And they didn't really have a problem scoring, I'll say. Like, they had 92 points through three quarters. But, like, the fact that they're able to counterbalance 25% three-point shooting and putting up 92 through three quarters just tells you the pressure that their three primary scorers have on. And they, they're able to do it, but they need help in that area. And, obviously, the front court stuff. Like, the, the size, like, you know, the rebounding didn't really scream it, I guess. I don't know what the final numbers were. Uh or what is it, 51 to 44 in the rebound. So still, it was a pretty good differential. Uh, but the just the way they were going about it and the way that it's so taxing defensively, that's the stuff that stuck out, I guess, with this matchup. Yeah, and then, you know, as the fourth quarter grinds on this team, you know, they just kind of come up empty. They're, they just don't quite have enough. There's breakdowns late. I think something that a lot of fans were screaming on social media, particularly Alex was like, why does Jimmy Butler have to always come in at the six minute mark instead of any earlier? I think it's the six minute mark. Don't hold me to that. I'm just for the sake of conversation. Let's use that as our timestamp. Um, why does, why is Spo so rigid about the way that he is using Jimmy and inserting him into the game. I know you can't read his mind. I'm just interested in your perspective on why he would be um, so hell-bent on keeping that rotation as is. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either, and that's kind of the one thing that stuck out to me from Spo that I just, you know, really haven't liked because I feel like people like to talk about Spo this season having a quote-unquote down year, but then people really can't point out the actual reasons as to why because most times I just feel like he's getting close to, if not the most he can out of a roster, considering they just can't hit their the, the open shots that they do generate. But that is, you know, when you talk about specific things that bother me, that definitely, you know, is one of them, right? And we talked about it on, on a recent podcast, and I agree with you guys. Like, for, when in a game like this, you know, against a potential playoff matchup, I just think, like, six minutes is too long. And I think Ethan said when we, when we spoke about it that, uh, you know, Braun and Wade would – regularly come in way earlier than that so like <laughs> i know jimmy's it's kind of like a load management thing for him where you know you're just trying to get him right for the playoffs and i understand that but like you know an, an extra minute or two right we're not even saying play him the whole fourth quarter but like get him in a couple extra minutes around between seven and eight maybe instead of between six and seven you know that's the most i could ask for at this point because he is really rigid about it but like and Shout out to Caleb because it's not his fault what happened tonight. But tonight you saw the difference between the size that the Bucks present and the size that the Cavs present where Caleb was able to kind of play physical and end up with a double-double that game. I think it's just hard to do that 
versus this matchup. And Brady was spot on with that. It's just, you know, it's a it's not only size with the Bucks, but it's also physicality, right? Because they're probably the, you know, if not the, the most physical team, they're right up there with the way like they get away with a lot. And I'm not even trying to like say it as an excuse or anything. I just think they're very handsy and they're very physical in general with the way that they defend. But you know, they got out-rebounded, like Brady pointed out, and, you know, you would think that it would be second-chance points and offensive rebounds uh, that were the problem for the Heat, but that wasn't the case. They actually finished with 13 more shot attempts than the Bucks, and did pretty good on the offensive boards, but they got out-rebounded on the defensive boards by 10. The Heat are second this season in defensive rebound percentage, so that's they've been really good at that, right? Even though they're a, they're a small team, they make up for it on the defensive boards. Not the case tonight. And then the turnover game, you know, they're usually dominant there, and that's how they can kind of uh, get their points and make things easier. That wasn't the case tonight. Like, it was more or less even on that end, and I think the, the Bucks were just better at taking advantage in transition when, you know, you have Giannis there. And then on t- to top it all, like, in the second half, they got going from three, and that ended up kind of being the difference. And I think yeah. they just outplayed the Heat in the fourth quarter, where it's like whether it was Jimmy on or Jimmy off, they just had a bad fourth quarter. And I feel like the – especially when Jimmy's on, like they've been a pretty good team in crunch time executing. I didn't think that was the case tonight. And I thought their execution versus Giannis um, wasn't as great compared like to, compared to the game plan. I thought Highsmith had a good game in the zone. I thought the team played well in the zone. But I think like they're good at keeping teams out of the paint. But once they get there, it's not the best. And that's kind of been the case for several seasons. But I thought tonight Bam actually could have done a better job um, once Giannis actually got to the paint, it seemed he seemed a little timid when it comes to like being physical. Once Giannis is actually there, trying not to get the foul calls, I don't know what it is, but there's times where it's like Bam has to be there. And then also in the second half, they made it harder for him to actually rotate there by kind of uh, you know having him pre-rotate early on, keeping him away from the the backside and keeping him from being able to help. So you know, good adjustments from Budenholzer, and you know once you take Bam out of there. Good luck, man, versus that team. Yeah, I just – I think you see in a seven-game series that just physically Miami would have a problem with that Milwaukee team. It's not necessarily that they're that much more skilled. Um, at yeah, you know how to get up position. shots against them, though, because the, the Bucks love to give up that in-between range. They give it up more than anybody in the heat. You know, they will take those shots. Take All it. their best yeah. players will take those shots. And they did a pretty good job there, but – they don't score at the rim well. I think it was uh, 13 of 25 tonight at the rim where or the Bucks, uh, if I pull it up really quick, 23 of 28, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy was That's even, thing. even good could, in that range. If you're not going to hit threes, then you damn sure better be hitting from both of those places. And, you know, the other thing you mentioned, Bam Adebayo being able to do things defensively, I thought there were moments offensively too where he could have gotten more established and it's not always on him. I think that just the flow of the game went in a different direction. I had him over four free throws made and he went under on prize picks. Use the code five F I V E to get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. It is the daily fantasy app that is on fire across the country. Prizepicks.com. If you use the code five, you get your deposit matched. Listen, they got NBA, they got Super Bowl props, they got NFL future props up there. 
uh, MLB when when that's in season, NHL. So like you can mix and match all your favorite sports. You got to use the code five to get your initial deposit matched. I'm going to be doing a lot of NBA and Super Bowl mixing and matching here. They got Patrick Mahomes, uh, free squares and promos. So there's lots of fun stuff. It is daily fantasy simplified. Use the code five to get your initial deposit matched up to $100 prize picks. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. So this trip, y'all, like this sucked. Um, They basically... The Cleveland game was a good win, but the other three, like in this this game, you I guess maybe you could say that when they went on the trip, they expected to maybe lose this one. So then you can't lose the New York and the Charlotte game. Like that's what makes this hurt. Brady, um as you as you near the deadline, I guess. Spo looked like he could only trust seven guys tonight. And I just feel like we're getting to a point where they have to do something for the front court, right? Like there's not, there's no way that they can physically make it beyond Feb, not just forget next Thursday. Like they could barely make it to the end of this week and next week with the center rotation as is now, please talk sense um, in terms of like, I'm not crazy, right? There's no way that this can be the front court answer for the rest of the season. There's no way that you're one injury and you're front court away from this. Like from the literally what we've seen the last two games that we're having the discussion of should you play Haslam, should you play Deadman, which I was kind of voicing that I thought you should play Haslam. And then obviously you see the direction they went in tonight. And I feel like I was correct. <laughs> like, like of what we saw in those minutes, like, it was honestly, like, I don't mean to just go, because every time we that Deadman plays, I feel like we go in, like, a segment for Deadman. But they, those were, there was some moments there where it was honestly impressive. Like, the the miss lamp into a tackle and then into a, a three-point trailer three. Like, it was just, like, those moments, uh, it's just wild to me. And, and before I get to, to answer your question real quickly, I think it ties into the Jimmy thing, because we were talking about the fourth quarter in this game, where the first two minutes of the first quarter, there was no Jimmy Orbit. And it's, it was actually less than two minutes. I think it was like, it was, they called the timeout with like 10 minutes and 10 seconds left. So it was like a minute 50. And the score went from 94 to 92 to 99 to 92. In a game like this where Miami's already in an uphill battle, like that's the game, like in my opinion. Like you, you battled so well, you put up 92 points in three quarters. 
you just can't have those two minutes. Like as much as we talk about the Jimmy entry, which is also another problem. Like uh, before I go on another tangent in another direction, like it feels like Alex was mentioning in between the seven and the eight compared to the six and the seven. It was funny because like there's these moments where like they actually checked in Gabe at like 7.30, like seven minutes and 30 seconds. It was free throws. Gabe went to the scores table and checked in right after he checked in and they shot a free throw. Like they, they just kind of turned the camera. Jimmy gets up and walks to the scores table, which is like, what is those 40 seconds or minute? What is that really going yeah. to do other than just blow your lead even more? Like, I don't really know what that time stamp's really going to do. And also they're off the next three days. So I feel like that could also be thrown in the mix, but either way, the, that just ties into the whole thing. That whole point was the fact that the Deadman minutes and these Haslam minutes and the fact you have to make these choices kind of shows where you're at with your roster. Like you need to add front court help. And as I said, kind of, uh, I said in my article after the game, like it feels like it's it's front court like partners. Like I, I don't, I think it's plural at this point. Like I don't think it's just one guy that's going to come in and just fix your your room. Like I think you need a guy. You know, we talked about guys that can play next to Bam and behind Bam. But I think there's there's ideally different skill sets that you can mix in, kind of extra size that you can mix in with different skill sets. So I feel like that's the point you're at. Uh, like I said, I feel like this game was kind of a game where it sums up the trade deadline, like where you're at. Like it shows where you're at with your roster in a lot of ways. So it, it's honestly, I think, a good thing that, what is there, one more game after this one before the deadline? I think it's right. Wednesday. At home the against fact, Indiana. Correct. So the fact that literally their second to last game before the deadline is against the Bucks, against that size in the front court, I, it, <laughs> it may be a good thing, but hopefully they're reactionary to it. Yeah, because, I mean, they've lost three or four now, Alex. They won three straight at home. They've been doing that bullshit where they go back and forth, back and forth. And I feel like even if you um, – and I do, for Heat fans watching this and listening afterwards, the fact that they now have three days between their next game, this is prime moments to have heavy trade conversations and maybe even execute deals because you have several days to get physicals done. So I would be on high alert between now and Wednesday and then obviously Thursday till three o'clock. And we'll have you covered on five reasons, sports, YouTube podcasts everywhere. Uh, Alex, like this game was really a microcosm of, of what this team needs in so many ways. The, the Knicks continue to lose. So like, they're not going to lose the six seed necessarily, but are you with Brady in that like this game basically shows the fatal flaws that this team has? Um, I really like, I'm usually the eternal optimist that would come up with some reason why they could maybe figure out how to turn that around. I don't know in a seven game series that they could also there's moments against Boston where I felt this team has looked a little overwhelmed slightly. Um, this is not just one move away. Do you agree with like, that's where I'm wanting to hit you, Alex, is this a two move endeavor or could they fix this with one move? For instance, does John Collins fix this by himself? No, but that doesn't mean it's not worth it, right? And I know, like, that's kind of what they had to measure here, right? Because it's it's one thing talking about players who would or wouldn't fit or, you know, you would or wouldn't like on the C team. It's another thing is, like, what do they actually cost? Is it worth it? And so that's what the Heat are going to try to figure out within these next few days. But I do think, you know, if I had to pick one, I'm saying it's a two-person move, man. Like, I've yeah. I've been with her the whole time, and that doesn't mean I think this team is terrible. Like, 
we've kind of talked about it all season. They've shown the bones of a good team, right? And I think it's kind of like what Spo has said, and I think that that pisses people off, right? He fans, it pisses them off when he says, you know, we like our team because there's some sort of implication that, okay, that means there's not going to be a trade. It's, it's like, no, Spo is a coach. He sees that, like, what is he supposed to say? It's the same rotation that made the Eastern Conference finals almost the finals last season, except with without PJ Tucker. So, like, of course, what's he going to say? Like, his team is trash. Like, what do you expect the coach to say? But no, like, they're not trash. They're okay, but they're not great. Like, they look like I said it on, on a recent podcast that they kind of look like a tough first round out right now, depending on the matchup, maybe a tough second round out. And I'm like, Honestly, I think think so much would have to go right, and specifically the three-point shooting would have to go insane for like four straight months for them to pull off some sort of magical run, right? So I think they're missing the, the size stuff. Definitely showed its, uh, um, you know, showed tonight, even though it wasn't representative of the Heat's rebounding all season. This is obviously, you know, once you get to the playoffs, all those numbers are thrown out the window. It's all it's all matchup basketball, and that's kind of where. My everything's come back to Jesus. Everything comes back to for me when it comes to trade talk. It's like these playoff matchups are troublesome. They've shown they can be competitive versus all these bigger teams, but it's one thing to be competitive and it's one thing to keep that and have to do that and put in all that effort on both ends of the floor to, you know, compensate for Four being out physically outmatched for a seven game series. Exactly. Like that is really tough, man. You're not going to have the home court advantage. Excuse me, even though the Heat lost three straight, uh, you know, at home last Eastern Conference Finals. So I don't know how much it makes a difference anyways, but really like, yeah, they need two guys, man. They need they need something to help out their shooting and their spacing and they just need the front court help in general. Like what they have right now, I don't think you can go in with a straight face to a lot of these matchups. I'm going to take Brooklyn out of there for now, Uh, but a lot of these other matchups that they might get in the first round you can't go in with a straight face and be like okay this is this is a great one for them of course other than the sixers yeah because we'll we're never gonna concede the sixers sorry y'all we're just not doing it not here on this program you can go elsewhere to find that um uh we still tell your mother we ain't tanking um thank you for joining us on this episode this weekend episode of five on the floor live post game uh we will have you covered leading up to the deadline including the indiana game all the days in between we got a bunch of uh shows lined up for you plus a trade deadline special on the day itself so look out for that we will uh keep you aware of the programming on twitter and elsewhere Uh, For Alex Brady, Manny on the ones and twos, and myself, thank you for joining us. And uh, we will see you, gosh, it's going to be a few days, but we'll see you Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.